This episode is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Next up on the Renaissance Man podcast, we have rap and hip-hop icon Chuck D. Coming up, I talked to Chuck about the formation of the historic group Public, Public, Public Enemy. His memories of the time Ice Cube left in WA and who he thinks is the future of hip-hop as we celebrate 50 years of the music genre. Up next, Chuck D. Let's go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, your coworkers, your partners, your siblings, your kids. Share it with someone that you know could use some of this. Good old-fashioned tofu. This week's theme is be who you are. I talk a lot on this show about knowing yourself and using that to create great things. That's because so many successful people have come on this podcast and told me that one of the keys to their journey is to stay true to themselves. Be who you are, not who the world wants you to be. Your critics, your mate, your family, your friends. Be who you are. Because when you accept yourself, you become empowered. You become invincible. And as we keep celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, I'm excited to share a conversation that I had with someone I truly admire, who's voiced his truth his entire career, Chuck D. He's one of the most important voices in the history of hip hop and the culture. He's a rap pioneer, a music icon, and one of the founding members of the historic rap group, Public Enemy. Coming up, I talked to Chuck about the albums that made an impact on him, what he remembers, about the do the right thing Spike Lee era and what's next for his career. Up next, Chuck D. 
it is my honor to welcome the incredible Chuck D to the Renaissance Man podcast. Good day, my brother. How you doing, man? Good, good to talk to you, the YG legend. No doubt. I appreciate the love. And I know that you've been busy. I got a chance to see you at Martha's Vineyard, the docu-series that you have out right now called Fight the Power. It's had me mesmerized. I done watched each episode like two or three times and I can't wait to get into that. But I want to talk to you about your beginnings. You were 13 years old when hip hop was born. Tell me about when you were first exposed to this music and what your life was like during that time. I come from the New York area, New York metropolitan area, born in Queens, parents from Harlem, both of them. And um, when I came up in Queens, moving to Long Island at nine. So I'm a Long Islander because quiet is kept. Brooklyn and Queens all Long Island geographically. So I claim that and I own that. I wanted to be a sportscaster, Jalen. I wanted to mm -hmm. be like Marv Albert. Matter of fact, I, I think I was going to be a Stuart Scott before the great Stuart Scott. Wow. I mean, have baseball, basketball, football statistics uh, all in me, man. I wanted to become a player, but um, I was first to admit that I sucked. No matter <laughs> what I wanted second baseman for the Mets or a point guard for the Knicks or whatever. You got to know your calling. And I knew that when I go down, I went down to the parks, I had a loud voice. So I used to bark it out. You know what I'm saying? Before <laughs> you know, hearing like all those cats on the sidelines of the Rucker, you know, I was like, well, I could be heard, you know, but um, that was my first call. And so when I seen hip hop come along in 1973 as a baseball fan, you know, that was the you gotta believe New York mm -hmm. Mets coming from last yeah. place, the last New York Knicks championship year. Mm -hmm. You know, that, uh, you know, I can't really speak on football because my team, the Jets, had won in 69. So I wanted to become a sportscaster. And I think Marv Albert was a key figure as well as the baseball announcers, um, as well as, you know, black journalists like Art Russ Jr., who mm. did sports talk back in the 70s, man. You know, and um, I wanted to be that. But when hip hop came along, you know, music was all in our background. Everybody has some music in their background. Music was a part of every black person's life. It was always somebody musical in it. If it wasn't church, it was the 45s. It was the AM radio stations. It was <laughs> the way they brought it across on the radio. So that was a natural thing. And, you know, and I got, you know, grandparents on that side in Detroit, you know, so music was just like in the, it was, you talk about streaming, Jay? Music uh -huh. was always streaming with us. You know oh, what I'm saying? Wow. 1973 comes along. I was like, okay. I, I was interested in the technical aspect of hip hop and rap music. That wowed me. I mean, there was always bands that you knew and people knew instruments, but the fact that somebody could play a record and manipulate it and then mm. do what Muhammad Ali did over it, mm. uh, that's me so that's when hip the hip-hop bug bit me really when i was 16 1976 my brother used to come in the room with it i used to kick him out you know that type of thing <laughs> in the room but he was my introduction along with my sister in the hip-hop 1976 so uh yeah it's been that's a long crazy and i just remember when yo bum rush the show came out that just changed the landscape of music. Mm -hmm. And 
it, it just echoed in my ear when Flay said, my man, Chucky D, that boy swear he nice. Man, the boy don't swear he nice. He knows he's nice. You know what I'm saying? So, Chuck, I got a feeling you're turning into a public enemy, man. So can you talk to me about the formation of the historic group, Public Enemy? Yeah, it, it was Yo Bum Rush the Show, which coincidentally they named Yo uh, MTV Raps off of. Because actually we was we was like the first influencers of Yo MTV Raps overseas. That's where the show started. Mm. And Yo Bum Rush the Show was an influential record everywhere else in the world in our beginnings. And it was slow to climb in the USA, although some places got it. Places with car culture. Long Island is car culture. Mm. Uh, me and Flavor used to drive the U-Haul trucks and other trucks delivering furniture for my pops. Wow. As a part-time gig or whatever. So we would actually be in the cab of, uh, of, of the U-Haul, or either he driving or I driving, talking about what we do. We come from a collective, Jalen. Mm. We're Spectrum City. Hank Shockley, Keith Shockley, who you remind me of a whole lot. Um, Flavor, myself, Bill Stephanie, who I met in college who started WBAU. We come from a big collective. It was the collective before people actually saw Wu-Tang Clan. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So, that, so we was a collective from Long Island outside of the five uh, boroughs. And so Long Island is, a you know, 100 miles long, 28 miles wide full of everything that's getting New York and actually going to go at New York. Mm -hmm. So we come to that collective and um, Yo Bum Rush the Show was actually like, we're going to invade the music business. You know like what it is, Jalen, you got a gig going on or event and you with your homies, right? And there's mm -hmm. 20 of y'all that can't get in. All you need is a toe in the door. Correct. <laughs> bum Rush the Show. Exactly. You know, and you first. And the, the crazy thing is that we were in promotion, so we understood that from the other end, too, how to <laughs> against that. That's where the security of the first world came in. Because we used to have the thing on the radio. We used to throw events. Also, we had the security of the first world. Also, we knew the thugs out there on Long Island, the 98 party, who were, I mean, it was different from Brooklyn and Queens. These cats actually would build cars, 98s, Oldmobile Delta 88s. Yeah, my 98. Oldmobile. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were a gang. They were a car gang, man. It was like 12. You see 12 98s and Delta 88s coming out. And the Ooh. thing is, it was crazy back then. We used to put cars together. Wow. Like, you know, I had a, you know, I had a Le Mans, man. Transmission went bad. I went to a, took a stick. Went to a hot, on a hot day. Went put it in the tar and tarred my transmission from leaking. That's how that's how crazy wow. we were all because in Long Island, man, there's no mass transit, especially back then, man. And wow. um no car, you stuck. I mean the same thing like in Detroit. You ain't wheeling yep. no man, you stuck in the place. So Correct. it's um our music permeated and talked about car culture and, and just the thing how hip hop rotated around that. Run DMC came close because they the next borough over. That's why Queens Cadillac was they thing. Cadillac, you know, DMC, right. you know. I drive a caddy, you fixing a Ford. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which my wow. grandfather in Detroit worked for both companies. <laughs> How Over about 
when did you realize that your voice was one that became so prominent that we look to you for knowledge, wisdom, and information? Like, it was one thing the way you guys entertained us, and I've seen so many of you guys' shows with you, Flav, and the S1Ws, the discipline, the organization, the intellect, the professionalism, but also the historic bars that were teaching us about ourselves and teaching us about society and the culture. And in particular, that played out on an album, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that's simple. We were slightly older. I'm born in 1960, Hank 58, Flavor 59, you know, so we from that era. So we remember when there was a Dr. Martin Luther King on the radio. Mm. We don't remember Dr. King as a person that got shot only, and then we figured out how to pick up the pieces. We remember Ma Malcolm X living, you know what I'm saying? Hearing small things as a child, man, seeing things on TV. We remember the Vietnam War, you know, uh, like like I told you, we were sitting down. Black Steel in the hour of chaos was a real thing. With my while uncles being drafted to Vietnam after high school. I wow. mean, what we delivered and it takes a nation of millions to hold us back is some real stories from a real time that I guess the next generations were born after. Like those were born in the seventies, they came after the sixties. We experienced experienced the sixties. How can we bring it across and and rap in the eighties? I mean, one time we were hanging a flyer, me and Hank and promoting the uh, Hank Shockley promoting the party, and um, we hung up a flyer with Malcolm X and this young wow. cat said, "Who does Malcolm the Tenth?" And we said, "We got things to work on." He said, "He thought he was Malcolm the Tenth, you know, the Roman wow. numeral. The X was a Roman numeral." So wow. we used to do things, man, to say, "Okay, listen." I mean, if we six, seven years older than than the kids out, we throwing parties or we should give them something, you know, up here. Not really. I mean, it made Long Island a center point for a while. I mean, it wasn't it was a center point for such a long time is that I felt bad being part of Public Enemy because I knew we had to take it around the world. But what we were doing right. was like world changing. And uh, like I grew up down the street from Eddie and Charlie Murphy. Dr. J grew up in our hometown. <laughs> Wow. Bill Stephanie, Dr. Dre, you know, Andre Brown, Yo MTV Raps, Who's the Man? You know, mm -hmm. he's one of us, Harry Allen, man, we all in the same classroom in the Delphi. Uh, Delphi was a center point where everybody in Nassau County came to. You know, I mean, you know, in Detroit, there's always that college, like people would go up to Wayne State and just, yep. you know, the black, you know, party night and stuff like that. Delphi was the same thing for us. Wow, that's crazy. And also, <clears throat> I'm about to introduce a few things that people may not realize that your fingerprints and public enemies' fingerprints were game-changing in different arenas. So I want to talk about Spike Lee and yeah. the classic movie, Do the Right Thing. You guys' video and soundtrack for Fight the Power became so very legendary as a visual for that movie that not only helped continue the greatness of Spike Lee's movie career, but also Spike Lee helped launch Michael Jordan's historic Air Jordan shoe through that yeah. movie. Can you remind people of those times of do the right thing, fight the power video, and remembering how 
Spike Lee and Public Enemy played a major role in the popularity of the Air Jordan shoe. Yeah, I mean, quite quickly, man, back in the day, you know, sneakers were sneakers. The pros wore them. Converse was the one that, the, hey, Dr. J had the Converse. Hey, no hey, where you get those moves? And then later on, Bird and, and Magic, they wore Converse. And so, yeah. and Nike comes along and they attract you. Because I, I ran track, so I remember Nike was a track shoe. But the Air Jordans was just like another great ball player wearing another shoe, you mm -hmm. know? Was it street gear? I mean, Adidas, once Run DMC, Run -DMC did Adidas. Yeah. That hip-hop shoe. But Spike Lee takes the basketball prowess of Michael Jordan and teams him up with this Brooklyn Knight called Mars Blackman. Mm-hmm. Mars Blackman is a b-boy out of Brooklyn. And the movie, the black movie that She's Gotta Have It comes out, Mars Blackman is a key figure. You yeah. throw hip-hop, b-boy, Brooklyn, Mike Jordan's game, you know, the, the the long shorts, you throw all that in a, in a, in a, into a pot, and what do you get? You get credibility by default. Yep. And, right. and Mike had to do is keep on being Mike, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Mike Jordan kind of popularized, popularized the ball head, you know? Yep. Yep. Even though Kareem had did it first. But I'm just saying is that all those things in pop, Spike Lee was making movies back when black folks wasn't making movies for a while or that level keying out to everybody. You remember back in the day when Spike Lee do a movie, everybody going to go. No everybody, doubt. You know what I'm saying? From Denzel to Wesley to whoever, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Lynette McKee and whatever. They're going to honor Spike Spike made those inroads. So long story short, 1989, after he had school days in 88, he says, listen, man, I'm going to cop, cop on this thing that's going on about the unrest in New York City. All these communities cheek the jaw with each other, but yet still some getting service better than others. We got to talk on that. And Black mm -hmm. Talk Radio was the main thing in New York because it communicated to everybody. That's why in Do the Right Thing, you got Samuel L. Jackson He's like the, the the DJ in the beginning because that's how we were connected. And the whole wow. thing about uh, the, the anthem, Spike said, listen, I want to tie this together with, with hip-hop, but it got to be y'all because this is the level where this is at. And um, he just said, I need an anthem. And it took us a while to come up with the anthem up to the title, Fight the Power. And, and it answered that. And even when people get into like, okay, yo, you talked about John Wayne and and Elvis, not them specifically, but their whole American icon. They can't do nothing wrong. It's only right. that nobody else. We answer to that because the biggest question Spike had in the movie was uh, Gianna, uh Carlo Esposito saying, yo, sir, how come there ain't no black folks on the wall? And that's Correct. Correct. about. So, you know, it answered to that. And our thing is just like, how do we play the role with the momentum that's already popping? You know, and, and you know, just like everything is just like a a, a, a sports game. You got to have people that know their role. You got to yep. know their role and complement the momentum that's going that way. So I think it's like we could provide soundtrack to what you got. I mean, who knew that Spike was going to put the song in there 80 times? I mean. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Literally. And also something that changed the landscape of hip hop is when Ice Cube decided to leave NWA. Yeah. 
And that was a clearly a pivotal moment in his career about what he was going to do next. And then all of a sudden he links up with you and the bomb squad drops America's most wanted. One of the most classic albums in the history of hip hop. And he survived in a lot of ways what people thought was career suicide by leaving NWA. What do you remember about those days in that album? Uh, we toured together. Uh, NWA admired us uh, as as a posse as opposed to the individuals. Um, you see the NWA, the posse, they have a collection of groups. Matter of fact, they even wore clocks on the back dock of their cover. No, oh, they did. And, and uh, we toured together in 87, 88, had kinship. We were older than everybody else, Jalen. So everybody had looked at Public Enemy as, as mediators. Cats mm -hmm. that was just trying to bring everybody together for the spirit of, of hip hop, whether you was, you know, Jazzy Jeff or Fresh Prince or, or you were King T. We were right. like, all right, listen, let's sit down. It's all of us together, man. This is all of us against the world to prove wow. that we are legitimate music. So we we struck up a kinship, and and when Cube had some issues with his situation, I encouraged him. I said, well, figure out how to work it out because it's important. Your statements are important, and you're a key writer and one of the great MCs, man. And the West needs the West needs you, you know. And um, if they couldn't work it out. I said, well, there's a civil way of going about this. And therefore, the bomb squad took on America's, America's Most Wanted when we had the time. I, I think the bomb squad was doing Bell Bib DeVoe's album, wow. Planet, and then America's Most Wanted, incorporating people like Sir Jinx. Yep. And, um, yeah, and Eric Vietnam Sadler and Sir Jinx had a kinship. So it's all about working together, Jalen. We all in this thing together, man. Even when you do a show, I tell people it's not just your show. It's minute one to the closer. It's important mm. that the closer check out the opener. And, mm. then, you know, you were the first group right. to actually come along Agreed. and do that and, uh, and and come up with a synergy. And um, so, yeah, it, when, when Cube did that um, and got through all the turbulence, it also showed that in a good and also in a bad way that soloists could also make it bigger than groups. And it was all, like, it made record companies look at, okay, it's easier to negotiate or mm. or renegotiate or re right. <laughs> with person as opposed to a crew. I mean, they would look at people like X-Clan and, and they roll up into an office and say, we want this contract changed. And they looking at a room full of full of cats with unks and, and bones in their nose. They're like, uh, white folks are like, oh my God. <laughs> They'd be like, well, if you're going to actually distribute rap music to black people in the world with a black face on it, you're going to have to deal with us in the contract room. So they found a way to use the solo thing in the favor of, of kind of like getting the heat off of their back or the right. black back for, for contractual situations. You see, that's already flipping in the and they don't know what to do in the NBA right about now. They like they want to say that that the inmates are running the asylum on the low. <laughs> right. But it's still a salary cap. Right. They blame it, it, blame, blame Jalen Rose and, and, and all you fab five guys for all <laughs> exactly. They can't and, really can't remove that out of their heads, man. It's like, man, as soon as those guys came along, everything changed. <laughs> Welcome to the territory. 
No doubt. No doubt. And I appreciate the love. And and as hip hop turns 50, I have to ask you because you were one of the first artists and groups to actively expand hip hop around the world. You're still doing major shows with Prophets of Rage. Can you just acknowledge one of your favorite tours and some of the other artists that you performed with on one of your favorite tours of all time? It's difficult. It's uh, 116 tours, 116 countries over over 38 years. Wow. Wow. I think, I think on, on, a, on a big end, uh, no, let's say on a small end, we did a Hip Hop Gods tour in 2012. We traveled on two buses and we went to parts that that people never went and we we hooked up a a, a review so the hip hop guys review with um your your city mate awesome dre uh excellent yes. righteous teachers wise intelligent uh schoolie d money yes. and and we we did the big thing in a very small quaint review type of thing and performed together and that was special because we went to small places we would go to a place like Lincoln, Nebraska, Nebraska, and people would look at Schooly D and say, I never thought I would see you in my real life, yo. <laughs> um, uh, I also would say that um, on a big scale, I mean, wow. Uh, damn tour the first year, LL mm -hmm. Cool J, Houdini, Dougie Fresh, mm -hmm. uh, B.R.I. Kim, Public Enemy, Stats Sonic, we shared the same bus. Out wow. of that Listen, out of that bus that we shared in 1987, it was us and Stetson 13 people on a 10-sleeper bus, right? Wow. And the bus broke down. I mean, every time we go to Nashville, we got to get the bus fix, fixed because that's where the buses came from at that time, Nashville. And today, they come out of Florida. But yeah, um, yeah, out of that bus was It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. In full gear by Stetson Sonic, and then the proteges from the DJ of Stetson Sonic, De La Soul, with oh, um, out of that bus summer, <clears throat> three albums came out of that bus summer with us building, wow. connecting, climbing. You know, we getting we getting ten minutes, Stets getting six minutes. You know, we coming as rookies, man. So, um, <laughs> out of that comes three great albums, three of the greatest albums of all time. And uh, I remember actually on that bus trying to figure out all summer long, man, how do I write this song, Bring the Noise? Mm. Because Bring the Noise, Bring the Noise is in the last lyric of Rebel Out of Pause. Bring yep. the Noise, my time, step aside for the flex Terminator. So I wrote Bring the Noise um, later. Oh, I was trying to write it, but I already recorded Don't Believe the Hype, but we put it in the can because mm. it was too low for that year and at that time we put it in the can because that was going to be the soundtrack the lesson zero and then when we did bring the noise and I, I went overseas I, it percolated in the states i was like oh damn that one right but i don't believe the hype was in the can and then we brought that out the next year as a lead single for um takes a nation no doubt and i appreciate you taking the time but before i let you get out of here i got a rapid fire segment Chuck D called Gone in 60 Seconds. Presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. You ready to do this? Ready, set, go. 
And you talked about your love of sports and wanted to be a sports caster. Can you acknowledge for me your favorite New York sports icon of all time? Player or announcer? Player. Well, the longevity factor got Clyde, Clyde Frazier. And I grew up as a Willis Reed fan, but Clyde Frazier is right there. So to me, it, it, because Clyde is a fixture in our life as a ball player, a stylist, a, a linguist, and now a broadcaster, he's just, he's, he's Mr. New York, straight out of Atlanta, Georgia, but he's Mr. New York, man, before, I mean, I mean, he's like the rapper's icon in ball, man, and, and he knows it. No question. Which artist of today do you think represents the future of the rap genre? Probably a woman. Mm. And probably Sampa the Great out of Africa. If I wanted to name somebody and really give cats the facts, Sampa the Great is probably the future. Lil Sims out of the UK. Sampa the Great is from, um, not Zambia, but... Um, but, but she could spit all kinds of different languages. She a woman. Women in hip-hop are 33% of, of the, in the world, are 33% of the hip-hop in the world. So, Love I that. mean, as far as, like, bringing it down to contemporary, what we see around, there's always, I mean, there's, there's so many coming out. But I think somebody that, that can spit different languages that's like somebody with a handle that could go to both hands, shoot the tray, dunk. Yep. Like the Wimby of rap is probably going to be somebody who's multilingual and stuff like that. But, you know, you got people out there, I always name them like Substantial is dope out of DMV as, a, as an indie artist. Um, you know, I, I, I like, you know, as far as OGs, the new OGs, Fat Joe is a new OG who's like yep. really seriously... He's a conductor of somebody that people trust and they come to for the old work. And I see, I know him as a as the YG, but he's an OG right now, you know. And he is, and what Nas is doing is just yeah. they do OG work. And then you got Goat LL Cool J. So this past this past weekend, you had Nas and his mass appeal at Yankee Stadium. You had LL Cool J last week with Rock the Bells. Oh. And then you had, you know, like uh, Karis one, you know, at the, at Sedgwick, fifteen twenty Sedgwick. So a lot of cats is doing OG work, you know. And then women in hip hop. This is the year that Missy Elliott goes into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we'll be there, saluting, representing, and, and um, and we'll be there and, and full support. Always a wealth of knowledge, and you, you're like a human being that seemingly never sleeps. You narrate a podcast. Can you dig it? <clears throat> you got an art book, Living Loud. You have a docu-series, Fight the Power. So I have to ask, what's next for Chuck D? I think uh, the Bring the Noise app is probably the thing that's probably making the biggest inroad because it makes all the vehicles run. And like I said, I'm very clear on what I don't do, Jay. It just sees all in lines of their artistic expressions, and they're all in line and make sense of what I do. Um, it's no time soon you'll see me trying to like you know be the starting right fielder for the Yankees and I'll be <laughs> I, should I should say the mess I, and I, I end this on closing man you know I'm, I'm as being the major league baseball ambassador for culture 
is very important because we're going to try to figure out a game that's so close to my heart, a game that I once seen at Tiger Stadium in your, in your town. Yeah. Um, it, 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 we've gone into an individual thing, and baseball's the thing that you can't play one-on-one. You got to get get together. So there's things culturally we can do with bringing the game closer, adding some things to it, bringing it back into the vision of, of, of our neighborhoods and stuff like that. But bringing music to it and 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 being the theme and the soundtrack of it, and uh, I take I don't take that role lightly. Uh, another thing is to um, let people know. The other day I said like when I was on the stage the other day, fifteen twenty, I I said like kind of f Yankee Stadium because of the event. It wasn't because of the event. I was talking about the municipality of it because right. the biggest statement I'm making is free kick Creole. From Grandma mm-hmm. Blast and the Furious Five, I thought that it was a one-sided case having them serve 16 years for wow. what essentially from the outside looking in as a man sort of charged with self-defense because he was accosted in the streets going home from work. Right. So I mean, and they just I mean, he didn't have the the, the legal support. And you know, and and this country is about having legal support or, or money to support you, and he didn't have it. So I'm actually a, a a president of the Hip Hop Alliance, Hip Hop's first union, started by Curtis oh. Blow, Harris One, MC Light. And um, we're trying to make, you know, hip hop 50 years be accountable and responsible and be grown, man. Simple as that, man. Well, you're a legend. You're an icon. I idolize you. I love and appreciate you, my brother. Can't wait for us to break bread again soon. And I'm forever grateful that you took the time to join me today. That's Chuck D, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Speaking to an equal legend and and, and, uh, an influence that permeates to this very second of what you put out there. Thank Thank you, brother. Thank you. Love. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Chuck D for stopping by the podcast. He is a living, breathing hip-hop historian and i'm so glad he's continuing to keep the stories of our culture alive through his work one thing that stuck out to me about chuck is how he defines the term renaissance man he's multidisciplined, a gifted rapper visual artist writer and leader he's a perfect example that you can be good at many things at the same time and you don't need to have just one label. So I ask you this, what are the things that you're good at right now? But hold up, I got a follow-up question. What are the things you dream of being good at? Just remember, there's always time, always space in your life to make your dream a reality. And remember, a dream without action It's just a wish. So don't just talk about it. Be about it. I'm the Renaissance man. See you next week.